<laughs> As Metro's Mercury Grade approaches, I shall create the illest podcaster known to mankind. But Master, what are you going to do? Howard Stern. Stephen A. Smith. Joel Rogan. Dave Chappelle. Why Dave Chappelle? Because he's a funny motherfucker. Jay-Z. Jay-Z? Because he has money. You fucking dickhead. Oh, I'm sorry, Master. And the pride of Spaniard. I present to you my teeth. It's alive. He's walking, master. He's walking. My teeth. Sports. That's my cue. Welcome back to another edition of the My T Sports Podcast. I am still your host, the one and only Dollar Throw My Taylor, aka Mr. Take That, Take That, Take Day himself. Yo, it is another in Fuego Day in the hottest city in the world. Yo, it is, we're talking about highs of 89, lows of 78. They said it's 88 degrees, but because of the humidity, yeah, humidity, <laughs> because of the humidity, it's gonna feel like 99. Why the fuck they ain't there say it's 99 degrees? Yeah, folks, it's a it's damn near, it's damn near Halloween. And we still talking about almost 100 degree weather down here in South Florida. But no, this is season six, episode 40, excerpt 233 of the Ma T Sports Podcast. Listen, we got Monday Night Football to go over. We got Helen Helena Cell results to go over from this weekend. Yo, we to live and die in LA. Oh, what a place to be this year. Listen, we got NBA start day that, that was just a, that was just announced or at least tossed out there, right? Your generous king has sent one of his peasants to make an announcement. We're gonna talk about that. Obviously, there's still basketball rumors that involve the Knicks that we probably gonna still try to get into, and we're gonna try to get into all of that on our one-hour podcast. So you know what I say, guys. We're going to get right into it, regardless of the time. Can you do that for me? Take that, take that, take that. And regardless of the weather. You play to win the game. Hello? It's always a good time to talk some sports. So... Let's start talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. My T Sports. Yo, 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 yo. Can we start? Can we get it off? First of all, first of all. First things first. Yo, congratulations. Actually, 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 actually not a con- not congratulations, but a massive. Big up, big up. Massive, massive. Big up, big up, big up, big up, big up. To coach Ron Rivera of the Washington football team as he gets the opportunity to ring the bell as he celebrates his last day of cancer treatment. 
So, big up, big up, big up to Washington football team's coach Ron Rivera. And also on top of that, let's get actually right into it, right? Because we had, first of all, first of all, first things first. We had a Monday night football game that just happened last night. And while the game wasn't close, we had the 5 and 1, it's all at the top. 5 and 1 Bears taking on the 4 and 2, taking on the 4 and 2 Rams. And the Bears would take this L in embarrassing fashion, completely embarrassing fashion. More to say, the Rams, the Rams defense would dominate the Bears to a score of 10 to 24. And while I could go down a list of tons of things of what, of how I, what I saw from the Rams, I remember folks, the phone lines all open from the beginning. Listen, these, these, these shows go by fast. I understand why now the Bears are in the position that they were in. And cause not for nothing, while their offense didn't produce what their offense needed to, to win, you can see that that Bears defense plays with some nasty again. You can see that that Bears defense, even without Khalil Mack and without any of the pieces that they've lost without a couple of years, you can, you can truly see Well, with Khalil Mack, I should say, they got them. But you can truly see what makes this team run. You can truly see on how they got to a record of 5-1. Now it's a record of 5-2. But you can see exactly what, what makes them tick. Because they, they, they weren't any pushovers. They, 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 didn't, they didn't just get punched in the mouth and just, and, and just take an L. That, yeah, that's, that was their offense. That got punched in the mouth by the, by, the, by the Rams. Because, listen, the Rams forced two interceptions. Jack, listen, while, while, while Goff is, is, the, is the quarterback of the team and the story should be about him, this isn't about Goff. This is about this defense on this L.A. team. This is about Sean McVay and how he has re-coached up his team to make a comeback from, from what could be considered an embarrassing season last year. This is what Aaron Donald <laughs> brings on that line and the kind of and, and the kind of attention that he gets that allows other people to be great, that allows them to be able to get the pressure that they get. That allows that for their coach to to get the right defensive guy that is. And but put together the right schemes and utilize a talent like Donald to, to his full capacity. Well, you're not complaining about hey, I don't have the um that they can't work, they can't figure out my scheme or they need to play hard. Like nah, you they found it, and and not for nothing. Like listen, like on a ten to twenty four blowout, and both teams now being five and two. Listen, like the, the team that looks for real, look at the Rams here. Like, 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 the, like, the Chicago Bears, like, we're still, their hot start, we're still trying to figure out if they can maintain. Their hot start, we're still trying to figure out if this is something that, that is that is going, that is, that is just for show for the beginning of the season, if they're going to fizzle out early. Welcome, Nacho. Welcome, Meadows. Appreciate you. We're trying to see if, we're really trying to see if Chicago Bears can maintain this pace. While to live and die in LA, we truly believe that the LA Rams can continue on this pace. And and not for nothing. Not for nothing. 
for what has been happening in the city of LA, what would it mean if the LA Rams all of a sudden makes it to a Super Bowl? Makes it to a conference, makes it to that conference championship again. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of these LA teams because obviously I'm a New Yorker, right? Like, that's not my teams. But I'm not a fan of these LA teams, but I can only imagine what it would be, what it would mean if I was an LA fan at this point in time. My basketball team just, just won a championship. My baseball team is one win away from winning a championship tonight. And then my football team is on a pace right now to look like they can be a Super Bowl contender. That's stacks on stacks on stacks. Now you gotta give that. Like, listen, I'm not a fan of that LA, of of LA teams, or any of those teams. I like Dodgers. They're not bad. I like them. They're not my team. I like them. Well, you have to be excited, and not for nothing, for 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 what has been a very quick move, right, or a very recent move. Now considered a franchise team, just now get into LA. They are definitely doing the necessary things to keep an LA to keep an LA fan base. Uh, to keep an LA fa fan base. Jeez. Entertained. Occupied. <laughs> to keep them busy. To keep them rooting for something. Unlike what's going on with those other teams in New York. Right? So while that team was, while this game was a blowout, right? Not all the games was a blowout that we're probably going to go over today. Even though there is one that was close. There was one game that was close. The majority of them, nah, not so much. There was one game that was close. And this game was close and it was actually fun. Right? The Carolina coming into this game 3-3, three and three, taking on New Orleans 3-2. and two. And this was a great back and forth game. And... I, when I mean great back and forth game in action, there wasn't even a punt in this game until some sometime in the third. Like there was a turnover, but it wasn't even a punt in this game until the third. We got Teddy Bridgewater goes off for two hundred and fifty four yards. Drew Brees goes off for two hundred and eighty seven yards. They both throw two um two touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, Teddy Bridgewater passing rating, as we know, steady, steady, Teddy. He had one of those games where he just did his steady, Teddy thing. But but to call it like to call him steady, Teddy, right? Even even when we even when we call him steady, Teddy here, like these last couple of games, he's been airing out the ball, and and he's been and you've seen him catch the guys like you've seen him catching guys like Robbie Anderson all year long. For, for 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 long touchdowns, Robbie Anderson on pace to put up about anywhere between thirteen hundred to fifteen hundred yards this season, if he keeps up his pace. So we see Teddy Bridgewater at least taking the shots down the field, and against his old team, I I don't know if it was because of his old team or just because of the momentum that he's slowly building, or like like the, it could be a little bit of both. Teddy Bridgewater probably looked, even in a loss, as good as he probably could look. That was 23 for 28 passes for those 254 um, losses, um, 254 yards. And this game still wasn't lost until truly, I can say it wasn't lost. This game was won 
on a field goal in the third and unfortunately lost by a turnover in the fourth. But I think it was a missed field goal in the fourth? Yeah, missed field goal in the fourth. So while this whole while everything before in the first half of the game was all high scoring, even decent amount of scoring in the third, fourth quarter got completely shut down. Fourth quarter, everything basic everything basically went score silent. And like I said, this game was just fun to watch. This is one of them games like if you happen to if you happen to catch the NFL network, I'm pretty sure they're gonna re-ear this game sometime this week. If you get the opportunity. Stream this game. Watch this game. Catch the replay of this game. This game was fun. I'm talking about so fun to the point where Teddy Bridgewater, um, he's taking a seat on his former team's bench, smiling it up and yucking it up with his, with his fellas for a good three seconds, which, which, which is a lifetime in sports or when you're in the moment. Like, those three seconds probably seem like two minutes. But you see him chucking it up. Now, what I'm actually curious about, right, because while we've seen him throw the ball more, we still call him Steady Teddy for a reason. And while we see him taking care of the ball for the most part, you see him having very, this isn't his first highly accurate game. 250 yards on, 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 a, on a bunch of games. Now, now, granted, 250 yards isn't going to do it in today's NFL. He's going to have to start putting up, putting up some three burgers. 350, 400-yard games. And that may be the reason why he falls to 8-8. Eight and Because eight. while he's being accurate, maybe he's just not, they just still not moving the ball enough. Because now my, my question is, if the Carolina Panthers and Steady Teddy Bridgewater went 8-8, eight and eight, would that be a good or a bad thing? Would that be an accomplishment or a failure? I'm going to leave you with that thought for a second. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into something. Hell in the Cell, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the baseball game tonight. Who knows? There's a bunch of stuff we got to get off our chest. But we don't, got, we don't got enough time at all. I want you all to remember the change you want begins with you. Your vote matters. So... Don't just register to vote. Go out and vote and begin making the change you want. And we are back with the Mighty Sports Classes. Yes, as you know, as as you may know by now, our first segment is brought to you by Vote or Die, bitches! It's, just, it's really that simple. Like, if you want, if you want to get those changes done, go, just go ahead and vote. Listen, I've already voted. I voted early. I went sure I, I took care of all that. As you know, I like to keep some kind of sports or some kind of entertainment on in the background, as as always. Right now, I have last night's Monday Night Raw on on in the background. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, I wonder if I should just go into Monday uh, uh, into Hell in a Cell now. Speaking of, because Hell in a Cell had some had some changes. Hell in a Cell had some highlights. Hell in a Cell had some shockers. Hell in a Cell had me ultimately leaving happy. And it's not because Bailey lost her belt to the boss to the boss um, Sasha Banks. So if you listen, if you guys haven't watched Hell in the Cell yet, 
<laughs> this is gonna be a spoiler alert for you guys. So go ahead, tune tune this portion out if you're a wrestling fan because I'm I'm gonna give you some spoilers. And that first one is that Becky is, is that is that is that Sasha Banks is now beaten. Has 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 now has now won her Hell in a Cell match so she could become the women's champion over her former best friend, not Becky Lynch. Why am I forgetting her name? Why am I forgetting her name? Ah, it doesn't matter. Bailey, there we go. And the thing about it, because you know they've been best friends for a while, and they've gone through this story, and they've gone through this storyline, but usually in the reverse role, right? Where Sasha Banks is normally the one that's backstabbing Bailey. But in this storyline, it was Bailey that backstabbed Sasha. Which, to be honest with you, is a makes makes this even more of a successful storyline. If um when you come to break it down a little bit further for, for, for the wrestling fans, we about to geek out on some wrestling shit real quick, right? Because all of this is to help Bailey do her um, um commit and finish up her heel change, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where all of this actually comes from, is that some about a year ago or so is that they put Bailey on this path. What the fuck was that? What the hell just made that noise? Okay, we'll figure that out later, right? That they've wanted Bailey to that they've been trying to do the heel change for Bailey and and switch her from a face to a heel, and they've done that by. You know, reunited her with her best friend, um, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks has already been a heel. They get they get the belts together. They um they 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 slowly lose the belts. Only back uh, only Banks has the belts, or not Banks, but only Bailey has the belt. And that starts their next riff. And in this and normally in this storyline, is where Sasha Banks normally becomes the one that becomes jealous of of Bailey, and she ends up beating Bailey or backstabbing Bailey and beating Bailey for some for some title. Well, this time around, it was it was actually Bailey that was like, you know what? Uh-uh. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to wait for you to backstab me. I'm going to get to you first. Oh, she backstabbed yeah. her best friend. It, it it solidified and culminated her um her heel change. So now, like, not for nothing, she may be a better heel than she is a, than, than she is a face. Because as a face, she, she, she's just a little bit too annoying. And I guess this annoyance come um is better played in the heel role. And speaking of heels that are probably in their right place, you have The Miz beating out old Tucky. <laughs> but not well not Tucky, but Tucky's former partner. But you got Miz winning money in the bank. And and this is and this is the reason for it, because in the hands of Miz, the Money in the Bank storyline does become a more interesting storyline. Not for nothing. Not and not not to not to disrespect the former Money in the Bank winner. Not 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 to blow business up. But Miz is a good heel, and with and with a position like Money in the Bank, Intercontinental Champion, things like that, Miz does a really good job in his role. And that's all you gotta do. Listen, all you gotta do is make the crowd react. And if you can constantly get that crowd reaction, then that is exactly that that's exactly what you're gonna want. And they consistently and Miz consistently finds a way to get a crowd reaction. And Miz with the money in the bank championship actually makes it seem like there's a real threat to the 
to the champs because we know the kind of opportunities that that they've had they've played Miz up to be throughout the years. I love Otis. Otis is fun. I, with Otis, I, I'm as honest gonna say you probably found your next Dusty Rhodes. He's gonna be the next American Dream. But he wasn't doing anything with that Money in the Bank contract. He like it was fun while it lasted, but they're gonna find different ways and different roles for him, and not for nothing. Like if they were pushing Otis and, and Otis missed his push, then next thing you know, you're gonna see Otis. <laughs> in the conversation for the 24-7 championship. Because other than that, I, I'm not quite seeing um, a, a role for Otis. Maybe in an intercontinental U.S. championship role. Maybe. But as a, as a major storyline pusher, yeah, they're going to have to do some work on Otis. And maybe that's exactly what they're doing, is giving Otis that work. But again, naturally, in their position, you have the legend killer, Randy Orton, Winning his 14th championship. Tying, I think, second. Was it second? Second? For the most championships in WWE history. Heavyweight champion of WWE history, yeah, that is. As he wins his Hell in a Cell match. Over Drew McIntyre. When he throws Drew McIntyre off the cage, gets him into the ring, RKO, one, two, three, brand new champion. And not for nothing, Randy Orton has remained to be one of my favorite wrestlers, if not still my favorite wrestler wrestling today. Like, if I have to look oh, at everybody man. that's truly in there, that I, that, listen, that when they're, like, and, and there's a couple of people that when they're on, I definitely do watch. I, like, obviously, the, Masa, the Messiah, when, when he's on, I definitely do watch. Only because they put Roman Reigns in a position where he has the belt that I have, that I kind of watch now, because I'm always kind of interested in what's going on with the champion, right? Bray Wyatt is, 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 is one of them. Even the monster, uh, even the monster Roman, even the monster um, Braun Strowman. But Randy Orton, even with a belt or without a belt, even when they put him in the pushover role for like the last three years, I was like, yo, Randy could get another belt back. Like, look at what they're doing with him. Help, they, they, they were helping him in the pushover stories for U.S. champion. They were helping him in the pushover stories for the Intercontinental Championship. And then finally, he, um, he slivers his way into the storyline, literally, for the heavyweight championship, starts this beef with Drew McIntyre, takes him to hell in a cell, wins a championship, because, listen, if, if Randy Orton could beat the Undertaker in hell in a cell, then guess what? He could beat Drew McIntyre. Now, now that I've got my, my, my wrestling moment out of my system, right? Let's get back into football because wrestling and football is, is, are two are two um, very well connect, connected sports, right? And the only reason why I say that is because it's all about it's all about control, right? When we talk about real wrestling and, and and we're talking about actual football, that is, right? It's all about controlling one of a player, and a lot of these and a lot of these teams manage to manage to control the game for their teams and, and, and just and just pull out victory after victory after victory after victory, right? We seen we seen the Green Bay Packers, the four and one Green Bay Packers at the time, take on the the only way I could call them is the rebuilding Texan, um, Houston Texans, because I'm I'm really not sure what's going on in in Texas right now because they went from what I thought was a championship 
or at least a playoff team, right? A consistent playoff team. And if you're a playoff team, then I'm assuming that you're a championship contending team, right? At least, at least you think in your head that you should be a championship contending team if you if you're consistently consider yourself a play, at least a playoff team. But now nah, I, I don't even, I can't even say that about them. They're a rebuilding team, and they're struggling. And they're one and five, and they get blown out thirty-five to twenty. All right, Aaron Rodgers will find Devontae Adams thirteen times out of sixteen targets, hundred ninety-six yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers himself will put up four touchdowns, no interceptions, two hundred eighty-three yards. <coughs> Excuse me. And get an easy victory. I mean, easy, easy, easy victory. 35-20. Next up, we would have the Jacksonville Jaguars take on take on the LA Chargers. And for a game that was basically it was a sandwich of a game, if you want to call it, where it was kind of slow in the middle. Was all slow on the ends, but really beefy in the middle. It was really, really thin on the ends, but real beefy in the middle. This is a real sandwich kind of game. Not a lot of scoring in the first quarter. Not a lot of scoring in the second quarter. A total of 56 points generated in the second and third quarters of the game. 56 points. I'm telling you, they're going to make, gonna make Keith Lee into a Mark Henry kind of role. Instead of the role that he, I think he's going to want to be. I feel like they changed something about him. But we're going to figure that one out. The rookie, Justin Herbert. As 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 Keith Lee's a rookie on Raw as well. But the rookie, Justin Herbert, just keeps on looking impressive. Like, it's a sad story what happened to... What happened to Tyrod Taylor. But you're only sad because he had an opportunity taken away from him. It hasn't taken away anything about, about what this team is. It may have honestly done the team a, a, a favor. It may have actually helped the team and and, and, and and help accentuate the team a little. Justin Herbert, 27 for 34, 347 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. This is a rookie. A rookie that we didn't even see coming. Sorry. He finds Keenan Allen. Has Keenan Allen has been one of the undercover good, um, really good and productive receivers in the NFL for a while now. 10 receptions on 13 targets, 125 yards. And they get an easy victory, 29 to 39. And just think, right? That's 68 total points. 56 of those 68 points were scored in the tw in the second and third quarter of this game. The all, all of the remaining points were scored in the first and the second the first and the fourth. Like that, that's what I mean by this was a sandwich of a game. It's real, it was real thin on the end. But, but real, real beefy in the middle. Wait, even though this is a blowout, you could've, you could've, this is one of those games where you just appreciate the action. It's like you kind of appreciate the action that Kansas City has in a blowout against, against Denver. But just, just, listen, this was a good bounce back game. 43 to 16 over, over the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets fall to two and four. Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs improved to six and one. It was just a game that you just saw the Kansas City Chiefs just do the necessary things to win. Found, found the right receivers. You know, just, just, 
moved the ball, took advantage of took advantage of the defense, took advantage of a struggling team. Especially after coming off of your first loss. And to be honest with you, their next win is probably gonna be just is gonna be even easier as they take on the New York Jets. And the last time I saw the line, I think they were a 19 and a half point favorite. But I'm telling you at one point, this was a full 20 point. They were a full 20 point underdog. Well, they were, let's do Jets, that is. So basically, Kansas City was a, was a full 20 point favorite. Now it's 19 and a half. I'm gonna keep eye on this because. I'm gonna need this. I'm gonna need this to stay high because <laughs> I'm gonna have to tell my when we get back into the three-hour room tomorrow for Hump Day. Me and my co-hosts, we're gonna talk about this a little bit because I know that I saw a 19 and a half thing. I just hope those numbers don't go down again by Wednesday and they fall to something reasonable like eight or some shit. I think at eight, everybody's gonna take those numbers. Now, while Denver, while Kansas City beating Denver isn't real shocking, right? Like we, we expect them to have that bounce back game, bounce bounce back game. We expect them to, we expect them to take advantage of of Denver. We expect them to look this good against a team like Denver. That was like, what was what was shocking to me? What was actually shocking to me? Probably one of the most shocking games. The the game that literally shocked me the whole entire weekend was the Tampa Bay versus Las Vegas game. It was Tampa Bay's D, Tampa Bay's O. Like, this basically left me looking at Las Vegas like, yo, what happened, bro? Like, seriously, man, me looking at them like, what? Because for the first five games, right, for five, six weeks, we've been looking at Las Vegas and saying to ourselves, you know what? Well, at least I've been here saying, you know what? I can see it now. The method to... The method to his madness, I can see. Right? I can see why Chucky was getting rid of the players that he wanted to get rid of on offense and on defense. Now, we can, we can, we can, I, you can start to see it all start to come together. You saw the game plan that he had against New England. You saw the game plan that he had against Houston. You saw the game plan that, that, that he successfully had against Kansas City. You saw that he should be ready to play teams like Tampa Bay. Au contraire, mon frere. It may not be so. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to go right down that rabbit hole. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world and they can respond, I became a soldier.
and we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, one talented Mark Taylor. If you are still listening, I appreciate however you may be listening to the podcast. Whether you're catching it live on Podbean, you're catching it live on the gram, or you're catching it live on my website, mytsports.net, I do appreciate you catching the show. And if you can't catch the show live and you're one of the many folks that like to listen to the re-ear, let's remember that you can always catch the re-ear, and the easiest way to catch the re-ear is Excuse me. Just by telling your smart device to play the latest episode of the MYT Sports Podcast. If you don't have access to a smart device, just remember, you can go to TuneIn. You can go to Podbean. You can go to iTunes, iHeart, Listen Notes, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Facebook, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and more to catch the re-air. Basically, I am everywhere you want to be like American freaking Express. But let's get right back into the podcast. So let's get back into this into the game that actually shocked me for the week, which is the which is the, um, the Las Vegas. Raiders taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <clears throat> right? And based on how the Tampa Bay, and based on how the Las Vegas Raiders have looked for the last couple of weeks, I honestly thought that they had the formula, or they had the formula to be able to beat some of these high impact teams. Now, granted, you're not going to be able to to beat them all. I thought they could beat this one. It could, it could, it could be just me just just doing some hopeful wishes. It could be just the fact that I just hate Tom Brady, and for the fact that how he tormented me for all those years that I was a Jets fan. Right, which really just came to an end down this past year. But that's not because of how bad the Jets look. It's because the owner is racist. I just want to make you guys remember that. <clears throat> so, I honestly thought that the Las Vegas Rams had the Las Vegas Raiders had the formula, the scheme, the schematics, the offense, the defense to be able to to keep up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not even just keep up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but also beat the Buc- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they barely look like they can keep up with them um, for most of this game. They really just had me looking at them and wondering what happened. And all your folks, just to remind you that during the last half of the podcast, there are no breaks. So we are just going to run straight for the next 13 minutes. And trust me, we're going to need every last second of it. <clears throat> what it made me start to question while I'm watching this Las Vegas and Tampa game, and I shouldn't say question, right? Because I did question for Las Vegas, like, like what happened. But... Even more than what I, what it really started to question, it made me very quickly realize again and reminded me again why Tom Brady came to Tampa more than any of the teams out there. Why Tom Brady went to Tampa, and that is because they were a fully. Uh oh. Hold on, I just did something. Let's see if I can get that back. Shit, I think I just cut the podcast on one of my feeds. Shit. Oh no. Where are we? That one's gone. That one's gone. And, okay. So, guess what just happened? The individuals on Podbean, you just lost connection. But I hope you guys are still listening. If, if you guys... <laughs> See? That's why there's always more than one way to listen. Because the Podbean, 
folks, they just lost their connection. So what's going to end up happening now is that if they're listening, they, oh, wait, 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 no, no, no. I may have just gotten them back. Okay. Sorry about those for the folks on Podbean. I accidentally, we just we lost you for half a second. I got you back now. So we are back up. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but I'm glad you're back with us. Jeez. Okay. So when watching Tampa Bay versus Tampa, right? Or, or, or Tampa Bay versus Las Vegas. It, it is it, it, what end up as as the shock starts to subside, right? Or, or mainly, mainly what was what shock is really just another word for disappointment, right? As the disappointment of this game starts, starts to subside, then I start looking at the other side, and it quickly reminds me of why Tampa, why Tom Brady came to Tampa, and that was because of all of the weapons that they had, not just the weapons that they had on offense, right? Because if a guy like if a guy like James Winston can basically have this team like on the brink of eight and eight, seven and nine, and putting up thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions with this um with this talent, then and he believes that he's not a guy that's gonna throw that's gonna turn over the ball that much because he's gonna have he not only is he gonna be more focused and more disciplined than that, but he's gonna make these guys more focused and more disciplined than that. Then this is a team that he want, that he's gonna come to, especially also with all those turnovers, the defense was also helping keep this um keep this team into this game. So Tom Tom Brady came to a fully loaded team. Fully loaded Team loaded on offense, loaded at wide receiver, loaded at, at at tight end, loaded at running back, and then he came here and brought more weapons with him at each one of those positions. This was a this was a this was a team that already had a defense set and a defense in motion. A defense that could hold up, a defense that could bend and not break. That's what this that's that's that's, that's all that reminded me of. What that reminded me of is that these aren't the same. These this isn't the same thing as what's going on in New England, where 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 Cam Newton is going to a team that has no talent whatsoever, right? And he does and he and he doesn't have the benefit of knowing that knowing that playbook in and out for eighteen years. This isn't that. So to hear that Cam Newton again is on the hot seat, like I, I am baffled because we want we already know that he's not Tom Brady, one. But outside of not being Tom Brady, you expect that he is not able to do exactly what Tom Brady did with that last team because he's he doesn't have the benefit of knowing that playbook for, for 18 years. He's learning a brand new playbook. And then like Tom Brady, where Tom Brady is learning a new playbook in, in, in Tampa Bay. He doesn't have the benefit of having of of, of, of of having two deep weapons at each position. That matters on offense. So remind so if I was real quickly so as as the shock of it starts to go away of how bad the Las Vegas Raiders lost this game, it quickly reminded me of how many weapons and how talented this team already was without Tom Brady and now what he's doing with this team as really all he's helped do is help them be more hyper focused and not only that but you see guys like Gronkowski right now starting to come into Stolen, stolen, stolen to come into his own. 
Seven, and, and granted, it's taken seven weeks, but just think about what a preseason and the first month of a season is normally for us. We're now talking about what we generally would say in a regular season where players and teams are now just starting to come. After the, And granted, we, we know that a lot of them aren't playing during preseasons, but they still go through dress rehearsals. They go through the mental minutiae of, of being in the game. You know what I mean? They may even even play slightly in the, you know me, for, for a half, for a quarter, get something going. Now they're just forced to go longer. And then normally we hear by week three and week four is, you know, is when after week three and week four is when all these other players are, are really starting to get up to speed. Well, now in this one, now in this year, when there's no preseason, you can see where a guy and not for nothing, and, and I'm and I'm using this one this 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 specifically for Gronk because while maybe a couple more players that that may have started to get their legs under the, under the, under them around week three and week four, for some it may take this long, especially for a guy like Gronk that sat down for a whole season. You understand what what's talking about getting into football shape is a little bit more. So what you saw them utilize him in is where he is is in, a, in an area where he couldn't fade at for right now, and that was blocking. And then last week, we started seeing him come alive back in the past game. And then this week again. And now you're starting this, and now we're probably gonna to expect to see a full dosage of Gronkowski being incorporated into the offense. Look like Gronkowski may be back in shape. Or it may just be that time in the season where you have to start getting Gronk those looks and those touches. So that he can be ready. Or he he can be ready for you. By the time the playoffs come around, and that's just the Tampa Bay getting the play. And, and granted, they he's a play that they added, but they had they've had him all season. That's now just getting him worked back in there. They've now also added Antonio Brown, and this and and this now also shows you that not not only what. This, this shows you not only what a star quarterback like Tom Brady does for the guys in the locker room for your organization, but he also shows what he what he does as far as attracting talent to your organization. Because now that he's not in New England, because even when they were in New England, but now that he's not in New England... And they feel like, hey, you can you can loosen up a little bit. Things can become a little bit more unwind, can unwind a little bit more. You have a you have what what should be considered considerably better temperature or weather, and no taxes. Who wouldn't want to play with Tom Brady right around now? Who wouldn't want to play with Tom Brady? I wouldn't. But that's only because I hate Tom Brady from what he used to do to me when I was a Jets fan, and I can't get that sting out of out of, out of the air. So I, I just ultimately I just don't like Tom Brady anymore. I'm just I'm just glad he's out of the division, and out of the conference. But talking about possibly being out is what is now Game Six of the World Series that involves the LA Dodgers. And the Tampa Bay Rays. Because listen, while this is a while we, we talked about to live and die in LA, 
for right now, to live and die in Florida isn't such a bad place either. Now, granted, it seems that your teams just keep becoming runner-ups. And, and <laughs> listen, I'll be I I will be happy about that. But just look at what we've had. LA, Florida, right? California, Florida in the championship between LA and Miami. Then we get California, Florida again, possibly. Then we get we'll get forgot, but then we get California, Florida again in the World Series. The LA Dodgers take on the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't think that we're going to have opportunity to have it here. But either L.A. or Florida can see themselves right, or can see themselves in a Super Bowl this year. We can see L.A. and Florida both playing in the NFC Championship to get to the Super Bowl. Like that's how that's how crazy it is right now to be <laughs> to be in those two tropical climate um states and actually have a team ro ro worth rooting for. But the Dodgers the Dodgers are one step closer to winning another world series and the only reason we like we, we, we like the dodgers in this in this scenario is because brooklyn, 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 we go hard. right it's because of the it's because of the brooklyn ties that they used to have with us but right now the brooklyn dodgers have the opportunity in game six to be able to take out the tampa bay rays bring another championship back to la <laughs> you know what? They're stupid. They're stupid. I have to watch this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just got distracted by wrestling. I really did. I I I am watching the New Day dress up as the Street Prophet, and I ain't gonna lie. They confused me for half a second. I was like, wait a minute. I thought they switched shows, and then I had to. Actually, pay attention to who the hell it was. The New Day are some fools, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to listen to this whole entire thing later on after the podcast because right now I'm just seeing it. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. Right now I'm just seeing it, and seeing it right now, especially this episode, especially this is the night after Hell in the Cell, as I just mentioned earlier in this podcast. Right? Any any Monday Night Raw after. <laughs> any Monday Night Raw after Hellenist after any wrestling pay-per-view normally has a bunch of surprise, a bunch of kicks, a bunch of twists, and if they had fans, I usually I usually a lot of a lot of weird fan interactions, right? And that's why this is not a raw that you go to, that you generally want to miss because they're starting to make a bunch of announcements. You started seeing a lot of crazy things come about, and also. They're starting to promote Survivor Series. And so far for what I'm seeing in Survivor Series, we got Champ versus Champs coming up, take going on. The Raw brand versus the SmackDown brand. As we see Becky Lynch taking on ooh, 
Sasha, I mean, Sasha Banks, um, SmackDown champion, taking on Raw's champion, Asuka. We got Raw SmackDown champion, The New Day, taking on SmackDown's um, tag team champion, The Street Profits. And then we also see the Raw's new champion, heavyweight champion, Randy Orton. He's going to be taking on Raw's SmackDown champion, The High Chief. Roman Reigns. What I haven't seen yet is who, uh, uh, I guess eventually we're going to see Bobby Lashley taking on whoever the Intercontinental Champion is as well. Like that's probably going to be a thing eventually. But yep, so, so, so as we can see, they're starting to line up Survivor Series. Survivor Series is the, is the pay-per-view that normally comes up right around Thanksgiving. That lets you know that, damn, this weekend is Halloween. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for Halloween. And I don't know who's watching, right? Actually, let me see who's watching so I can know how much of a clue I'm giving away. All right, this is perfect. This is perfect. Because if they don't watch, then they won't know. Because I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes. I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes. I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes. <laughs> That's the only... Listen, that is a big clue. That is probably the biggest clue I have ever, and I mean ever, given away. For my Halloween costume. And that's a really, 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 really big clue. Just like how the NBA is talking about restarting, and it is a really, 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 really big deal. Right? Because we, we keep hearing the rumors going back and forth now about about where where and when exactly are the um on the, the NBA going to restart its season and initially we heard that it was going to possibly start for the Christmas games right one for revenue get things started get things reunited and 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 and, and trying to save revenue now the NBA has said that they would like to restart this season with fans back in the stands right and We'll see if the NBA starts traveling again, like like the like the NFL, and we'll see what what starts happening. If they're gonna if if they're gonna end up expanding the rosters, possibly if that's gonna be the case, if they're gonna want fans, or if they just pick another central site again, or if they pick central sites, saying that you know what, we're gonna have some form of round robin coming out of Florida. Right? Out of the stadium in Miami, out of the stadium in Tampa. Or out of the stadium in Orlando, I should say. Right? And then do another, you know, in, in the places that you can have fans at, maybe do another one out of North Carolina. I can't remember how North Carolina's rules are right now. But find ways to do different things in different areas. Like, you may end up having, you know, if you're playing your division, if you're playing your division rivals, you may, you may let's say maybe we end up seeing a couple more back-to-back -back games, and when I say not to back, not really back-to-back -back games, but home and away games, to try to to try to get to try to get that out of the way.
ain't gonna lie, whatever Dana did to change her body, jeez. She is looking nice and inflated. <laughs> <laughs> but she still got no booty though. She could have gave herself an ass. All those squats, no ass. Like something ain't right here. But all right, let's get back. Gee, I'm about to rub one out after this podcast. <laughs> Since my jump off is at work anyway. <laughs> but um. So the NBA, the NBA is talking about the restart. All right, let's get let's get back there. We only got we got a few minutes left into the podcast. We may be able to get into everything. The NBA is talking about having a restart or, or restarting their season, and they and the restart of their season is possibly supposed to be coming in December now, and back in Christmas Day games. And and we thought that they weren't gonna have it in time for the Christmas Day game. They they talked about pushing it back to possibly Martin Luther King Day or maybe even a little bit further, maybe to Valentine's Day. But and that was only so they can give because they, they don't they didn't want a quick turnaround and they wanted to give and they and they really wanted to give players time to rest. But how much time did you really want to give players time to rest? Because normally the season is over around Mayish and we're talking about starting right back up in October. So we would have started the season already, right? And we're saying May. We're talking about late May, maybe early June, right? So you're really only talking about. But that you you still only talked about about four months off, the season just ended. Damn, was it like a month ago? Maybe. So to come back around, around December, around January, that is just about adequate time. If you're a team, that, if 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 you're a team that that's used to making the finals. Now. That normally doesn't mean like that normally doesn't mean anything or isn't saying much like we normally wouldn't even care so much right because this is just this is just them trying to go back and forth and trying to figure out what's best for the players and what's best also for business right and trying to find that happy medium this now all of a sudden became a story is because the generous king lebron james sent out one of his peasants right or, or, or you like as you like to call as, as we like to refer to them normally as as, as teammates when it, when, only when it comes to LeBron and his team, right? But one of LeBron's teammates comes out and says that, well, if we start in in December, it may be a possibility that LeBron James doesn't play that first month of the season because the man just needs some rest, and and he didn't. Say these were actually LeBron James' words. He speculated more than anything, and they said, "Like, listen, don't be surprised. You know, like I, I would, you know, what I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, like he was very careful with his words to not say that LeBron James said. Um, LeBron James jokingly, I was based on December. Yeah, I ain't fucking playing this first season. I did that first month. Just like LeBron James initially came out and said, like, yo, if we ain't have no fans, I ain't playing. And we see how he quickly changed his tune on that one. So I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron James joked about that. Um, jo um, joked about not playing that first month if they have to start in December. But also understanding that if they start in December, right, and the way that load management has become such... Now, this is when the, the term new norm can be utilized, right? 
I don't like to use new norm to, to describe how we're living our lives now. This is a temporary norm. Get your mind frame changed. Right? But <laughs> um, when it comes time for, like, in this new era, uh, uh, this new norm of basketball, where load management is, is, is basically the way to go, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these teams that made late runs are going to load manage a little bit early. Or a couple of the teams that made it into the bubble may load manage. A few of them. Like, we definitely expect this for the Clippers. We could possibly, um, since, the, since, since this came from a LeBron James subject, we could expect this from the LA Lakers. Now, ironically, I don't expect it from the, I don't expect it from the Miami Heat. And I don't expect it from a lot of other teams. I expect them to go about business as it is and to be managed. I mean, load management could be simple. Like, listen, I am not going to play some of these starters past 33 minutes a game, 34 minutes a game in the beginning. We're going to find ways to get these guys and, and play the hot man, and play the hot hand and play and, 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 and go about our business and, and honestly... And honestly, have a set game plan because we've all played we've we, we've all played basketball before. A lot of us have even played two K before other basketball games. Everybody has a set of, only has a set amount of minutes that you can only go. You're set to sit down a certain amount of time, so you can you can make it thirty minutes a game to start off in December, bump it up to thirty two by January, have them averaging thirty six. Have your average of 36 by February and maintain that throughout the rest of the season and slowly give them more minutes like you like you would do anybody that's possibly injured or you're trying to work into a system. You don't have to get everybody isn't gonna be playing 48 minutes every single game. LeBron James isn't expected to come out and play four. <laughs> Lana always fucking up her cues. But isn't but LeBron James isn't expected to play 46 minutes. You know what I mean? Or Jimmy Butler isn't expected to, expected to play 46 minutes in, in, in December of a basketball season. No. You slowly work up to that, and that's only played when necessary in games that really matter. So even when they said you're expecting some load management, like, this is what I'm expecting from load management. Now, now... For guys that are injured, am I expecting maybe you can see some guys play some games and buy See, load management is really meant to say that they're going to sit players out for a whole game. That's really what load management uh, means. But load management really could just mean, you know what? I'm not going to play you more than 25 minutes a game in December. I'm going to treat you like you're coming back from an injury. We're going to literally manage your time. I'm not going to play you more than 28 minutes a game in January. I'm not going to play you more than 31 minutes a game in February. By March, guess what? 30, you, you're going to be averaging 33 minutes a game, and sometimes I'm going to extend you longer. When we make it, If we make it into the playoffs, we make it into the playoffs, guess what? You're going to be playing like 40 minutes a game. As the games matter more, and the higher stakes are on the line, I can, I can 100% see Somebody, you know, all players getting their minutes put up. So, so, so I was like, this load management thing is really just is really just a way to say that we're gonna sit players out a game. Cause honestly, honestly, you can you can manage you can really manage somebody's minutes throughout the course of a year.
And speaking. <laughs> and again. We don't even have enough time to get into these NBA rumors that are going around. Alright, but you know what? Stay tuned for tomorrow. We have a three-hour show. And we are going to definitely get into the rumors that are circulating in the NBA. And how they affect, they, they affect the Knicks. The Lakers, the Pelicans, the Trailblazers. The Clippers, the Rockets, and many other more. Thank you guys for listening. I can't even focus anymore. This is Tyler Thomas Taylor's Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm out of here. Yo, get me off the air before before they take me off. Sorry, B. I tried. Honest. All the bandwidth in the world couldn't keep me contained. No lag, no lag. Gonna share my talents with Podbean Live. Always knew I'd take the pod there. Just a lot later than a lot of listeners thought. Last of the real gabbers. Well, maybe not the last. Munchkin got good mic skills. New. Improved my T podcaster. Potting down now. Last call for drinks. Bars closing. Sun's out. Heard the casino got a buffet breakfast. Don't want to go far. Wild night. Tired, B. Tired. My tea.